Orange County. Are you ready? It's time. For the best damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show! Right here, right now, on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Cameron Jackson sits behind this microphone, ready to tell you the truth about what really happens in Irvine. And yes, while the lattes and SUVs are still too expensive, we can be happy knowing that the sun shines bright every day in Orange County, 354 days of the year. And we can all live comfortably knowing that Cameron Jackson is here talking about the evils of people like Larry Agren and Todd Gallinger and Michael Schroeder and Susan Kang Schroeder. So fear not, Orange County. I'm here working for you every day. Bam, baby. Welcome to the OC Show. This is Cameron Jackson right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And just remember the views and opinions expressed on the OC Show with me, Cameron Jackson, do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Had to slide that one in there for you because today is going to be a hot one, I tell you. I've got two very exciting, fascinating guests in studio, but before I get to them, let's get through some of the house cleaning, as I always do on the show each and every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. If you're just joining us and you're in your car, in the day room, at the jail cell, wherever you want to be, and you need to keep listening after you get away from the radio, you can go to your computer at any time. Go to KUCI.org. Click in the upper right-hand corner for streaming audio. And all is at your fingertips. Also, you can go to my blog whenever you'd like. It is theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net, all one word. You can see upcoming shows, past guests, listen to past shows, read my commentary and all that good stuff on there. So go there, check it out. You can always email me as well, Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, at theocshow.net. That is Cameron at theocshow.net. Now, before I get to my first and my only two guests, two weeks ago I had a sub on the show. His name is Mike Kaspar. He was subbing for me because I had to go out on a family emergency last minute, and Mike Kaspar was able to get, of all people, on my show, Larry Agron. Now, when I tuned into my show about 5.30 after my emergency was over, just to kind of hear how things were going, I had no idea Larry Agron was going to be on the show. I found it absolutely fascinating that he had agreed to come on my show and knowing what my show is all about and the fact that I have filleted Larry Agron over the years. Uh, the guest host, uh, guest host Mike, was saying at one point, uh, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is Larry Agron. And uh, Larry got what I, I couldn't believe my ears. Larry said, yes, it's finally nice to have somebody on the radio who tells the truth about what really happens in Irvine. Oh, doctor, baby, I tell you, at first I was a little bit upset. I'm like, what? He's calling me a liar? And then I got a big smile on my face as I realized... Larry Agron 1 knows who I am. And Larry Agron 2 hates me. I get under his skin. I love it. So there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Larry Agron. And my guests today in studio with me are Christina Shea, Irvine City Councilwoman. Good evening. Thank you. Get a little closer to the microphone there for me, Christina. Thank you so much. And Dr. Stephen Choi, Irvine City Councilman. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you both, Dr. Choi, and I'm just going to call you Christina because you've been here so many Sounds times, great. Christina. And, and normally I call all politicians by their first name, but 
If you have a PhD or you are a doctor, I will give you that. Uh, oh, that by one. Stephen, it's easier. Oh, Stephen, all right. Well, I like Dr. <laughs> Choi. It yeah. sounds better. So, um, big news, really. Lots of big news recently when it comes to, for some reason, this small little town is always in the news for something big. Uh, and you both have smiles on your faces, and I think that's probably because you have been awarded a large sum of money for a big fight that occurred before the last election over the Great Park and Great Park CEO selection. So who would like to lead it off today as far as what that fight Lady was about? Lady first. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Christine, tell us what that fight was all about. Yes, I certainly will. Thank you. And I'm privileged to be here tonight to share this with the community. Uh, let me just set the record straight. We didn't independently make $80,000 on this. Actually, we had, um, as two elected officials, found that this process was tainted at best. And we um, went to an attorney and said that we felt that the public interest was not being served. And, at, the, and the process was over picking the Great Park CEO, yes, is that correct? Yes, it was the Great Park CEO process. In fact, um, if I go back to 2005, uh, Director um, Dick Simmons, myself had been pushing for this year after year because we had a revolving door of CEOs. We had four CEOs in four years. Well, clearly, you can't develop an outstanding metropolitan park uh, continually changing your CEOs. Uh, so I was very pleased that we were going to do a, a national search. Uh, we both voted to do that, to go out to do it, and, and um, after fighting for a couple years, and that was not the process. But then, of course, that came into the final um, a committee that were reviewing the the, la, uh, the 150 resumes that came forward through the Mills Group. And uh, anyway, to make a uh, long story short, uh, as we went to um, interview the candidates, there was only one they brought forward. And we both thought that was a little strange. In fact, I continually asked, I would like to see the top five candidates, which is standard in a, a search such as this. And they refused to provide that. So they um, brought this candidate in, never indicated it was a very close friend of Larry Agron's. No one even exposed it, shared it with any of us. Um, being the fact that we were the minority, we went along with the process just at least he seemed better than what we'd had. Um, but then he um, chose not to take the position, I believe within two to three weeks after we had interviewed him. And then consequently following that, um, the, the LA Times came out with the story that this gentleman happened to have been a friend of Larry Agron's. And the night before the board meeting, the second candidate who had been chosen um, and happened to be an in-house uh, individual that was going to be the CEO, which we hadn't even interviewed, hadn't seen his resume. I asked about that. They refused to let us see it. Uh, consequently, uh, over a period of time, we found out I had a call from a friend that he had worked with in L.A., the second candidate, um, and that um, individual had actually been asked to leave because of audit problems. Uh, so we're starting to see this really uh, falling apart, if you will, of a, of, of a process that should have been clean and above reproach. And this is what um, started to um, lead Stephen and I into questioning what had really gone on. Why weren't we allowed to see all the resumes? Why we, weren't we allowed to interview five outstanding candidates and just the one who ended up being Larry Agron's friend um, for, for years? And uh, consequently, we were getting no support whatsoever. And so Steve and I talked. And we said, you know, we need to do something. They're violating the public interest. And we went to an attorney and put our own finances on the line. We were argued. Uh, the argument was, well, you're just being political. Well, I can't think of too many people who are being political that put their own personal money on the line to defend the public interest. And I'll turn it over to Stephen if he wants to... Um, I mean, we could go through, you know, weeks and weeks of information, but, um, I mean, I was scared. I, I was putting my money on the line to sue the corporation because it was wrong what they were doing. And Dr. Shaw, what, what, I mean, I see what the, the public interest was here. Um, for you, was it, was it a big deal to put that kind of money on the line, or was it, you know, this, is, this has to be done? Yeah, first of all, uh, Cameron, I want to appreciate uh, for this opportunity for the first time uh, directly we can speak to a listener, so hopefully that the many people could, can hear. And uh, even though there were many uh, articles about it, uh, some people still don't know what was going on. And uh, uh, something uh, last year during the election time, when the uh, phony uh, community news and views uh, uh, yes. uh, newspaper that up. Uh, uh, came up, uh, it was uh, week after week, uh, a full four pages minimum. They've been attacking uh, both of us uh, with a fu full lies, 100% lies. And one of the articles was that, uh, would you vote for uh, uh, Stephen and Christina who wasted uh, 
$100,000 of a citizen's tax money. And many people uh, seem to believe that and called me, a couple of people, and is that true? Did you uh, waste the citizen's money by suing the city? And without knowing, you know, just uh, tend to uh, read uh, that the paper looking, uh, the phony paper. And uh, so uh, through this kind of uh, interview session, we can clearly indicate uh, what went on. Actually, if there was uh, anyone who spent uh, almost $100,000 of uh, taxpayers' money is uh, uh, chairman of the uh, Great Park uh, Corporation and also chairperson. He served uh, uh, for the selection committee of the CEO of the Great Park is that uh, when we had a question, and, uh, can, uh, can you think of uh, anyone out of 150 people, uh, it was uh, no uh, disclosure at all. And uh, later, we just uh, learned uh, through uh, LA Times that uh, uh, Kurt Hauntfeller uh, uh, happened to be uh, Larry Eglin's uh, uh, 20 years ago uh, friend. Wow, that shocked me. So uh, uh, we demanded, may we see the rest of the resumes? Uh, uh, allegedly 150 uh, of them and uh, they refused and then I kept on saying have you actually received the 150 uh, resumes uh, I, I started uh, asking such questions and then they were accusing us uh, that we are not trusting the uh, search committee and then also the consultant etc etc okay if you are not uh, uh, if you are not lying simply provide the documents. Uh, as a board member, uh, we have a great deal of interest because uh, the gentleman who was uh, presented to was uh, only one single person and uh, obviously he was uh, very well qualified, but uh, when um, I'm chosen as a CEO candidate, I'll be the best when you are only person. So we wanted to compare whether that person actually had the best qualification to build the greatest park uh, we claim about the great park of the 21st century in America, whether he had uh, such a qualification. And uh, how come that gentleman happened to be old friend of uh, controversial our politician, uh, Mr. Larry Egren? And we demanded the, uh, the, the documents, and uh, surprise, to our surprise, uh, they refused. And, so and, and, then, and then let me just uh, sure. uh, sum, summarize uh, the, the, the sequence of that. And then they claimed, uh, no, you cannot uh, have the access. So we have a right to uh, uh, limit uh, your, your, your board members' rights because uh, here are the court cases. Uh, they used uh, the city attorney or Great Park attorney. We have two different attorneys there. And then they provided uh, such a uh, wrong, ill advice uh, to them. No, you don't have to show such a document. And uh, we are not happy. And so we consulted uh, our, our attorney is this the case? Uh, can they restrict? Uh, they, can they uh, uh, breach our rights? And so, no way. They can do that. So, so that's so the reason we hired uh, our attorney, Ben Pugh, and then the uh, uh, law store started. So from the beginning, it could have been zero cost of, of tax dollars if they surrendered the, the, all the papers uh, uh, respecting our board, uh, same board members' rights. So sh let me get this straight. What you're saying is that this great park that's being built is a public entity, correct? Yes. Exactly. And uh, one of the things that I've heard Larry Agron say over and over again is that we want to be transparent, we want to be open. You can always come down to City Hall. In fact, he was on the sh he, before he knew who I was. He was on my show, and he talked mm -hmm. to me, and he said anybody can come down and s and and read whatever they want about the great park, about what the city does at the city hall. Except and for Stephen and Christina. Right, right. And so this public project... It's all orchestrated information, by the way. Right. And so just the listeners, crystal clear on this. This public park, who has members being vetted for a CEO selection of a public entity... They were not allowing you to see any of those resumes. Well, exactly. and, and I think that the, it's very clear. Any, and the, actually, the appellate court goes through point by point. They they saw it. They saw the sham that was going on, just and like what just like what we saw. It was a sham. I mean, it's a public entity run by a, a gentleman that 
the majority of these people on the board are his friends. They go along with whatever they want. The city manager was participating in this as well, which, I mean, makes you wonder what's going on. Uh, of course, everybody has large salaries, so, of course, that you wonder why they would question anything. But it was a very checkered process. And um, I, I cannot imagine that anyone would expect, after 150 resumes had gone out, and come in, I mean, I'm sorry, that their applications had gone out and they had come back into the, the corporation and that, oh, surprise, only one comes to the top, the cream floats to the top, and it happens to be no, no one other than Larry Agron's best friend. Now, uh, we've seen the resumes. We finally were allowed to see them after we went to court, and uh, they settled uh, three days beforehand. Uh, wait, let's stop real quick. Okay, okay sure. So, so tell me real quick, the lawsuit was filed when? Um, it's been about a year and a half ago, okay. a little less than a year and a half December ago. December of last mm -hmm. year. And when was it ruled in your favor? Well, we didn't get the ruling. We were three days before we went to court, and they settled. They didn't want to go to court because I had gone in a month prior, and they tried to throw it out, and the judge said absolutely not at the trial level. And then, Dr. You, Troy, do you remember when they settled? Did they yeah, settle exactly. before the election or after the election? Before the election. Yeah, before the election, they, uh, just before the uh, uh, trial date, uh, they uh, wanted to settle. Settle means that the 200 percent of our demands, in other words, uh, uh, to capitulate uh, everything and to surrender all the 150 uh, resumes and the emails uh, related, uh, search committee related uh, 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 activity and uh, documents, uh, all surrender. That means that, uh, you know, trial case uh, would have been, hey, surrender. And even before trial, we, we got them. And then, okay. and then once that happened, though, did Larry and crew continue to say that you guys had lost? Oh, yes, they did. In fact, our, our attorney, um, Nossaman, uh, Rob Thornton, when we were at one board meeting, I asked him, I said, well, we were the prevailing party. He said, oh, no, you weren't. And I said, of course we were. We, we, you surrendered everything to us. And as I was uh, about to say that of those 150 resumes, though were agreed by the Brown Act, we can't reveal or will not reveal who they are. There were at least 20 to 25 stellar candidates, several that actually had worked on base reuse um, programs and would have been perfect CEOs, had credentials much stronger and much better than the particular candidate that was Larry's friend. So, um, If you're just joining us, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Show. I am Cameron Jackson, the faithful host of this show. My guests today are Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea and Irvine, Irvine City Councilman. I don't want to say person. I want to be politically incorrect. Uh, Irvine City Councilman Dr. Stephen Choi. Uh, they've both been kind enough to join me in studio today to talk about this most recent case that uh, revolves around the Great Park. Let's stick on this for just a couple more minutes, and then I want to move to uh, Larry Agron's uh, new thing now with federal money as it relates to the Great Park. Um, so now, now you've got a ruling that says not only were you right. Yes, and at all only, points, at, at all points. On all points, mm -hmm. but we're going to award you your attorney fees. What does that mean for the two of you, Dr. Choi? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in uh, really uh, telling the sequence what okay. has happened. That now, since we, uh, uh, to us, uh, that was 100% uh, pre uh, prevailing because uh, we got uh, what we wanted. They simply didn't want to go to uh, trial. So, therefore, it is a customary winning party, prevailing party will be entitled to attorney fees. So, uh, our attorney did not even pay attention to that uh, as a part of a settlement agreement. And then I kept on asking, and he said, don't worry. I mean, uh, this is a customary we won, and don't worry. So, he thought that there was uh, just a... Uh, common, very regular procedure that he has to follow to get the attorney fees. Uh, to our surprise, uh, to his surprise, uh, guess what? They refused to pay our attorney fees. Uh, what course do we have? We had to appear. And uh, this is the, what it, how many pages is this? I wish I, I, I uh, the 14 pages of uh, uh, three judges' uh, opinion ruling uh, in favor of us. Uh, the, the uh, trial court um, uh, refusal to pay our attorney fees uh, was wrong, and uh, this is an uh, um, unprecedented uh, opinion uh, uh, written by three judges. And uh, I'm, I, I wish I had time to read all of this, uh, but uh, this is uh, clearly uh, stating that uh, we uh, acted upon for the uh, benefit of the um, um, public if the lawsuit was not uh, brought up. There was a no indication 
that uh, Larry uh, Egwin Wasich Committee, a great part of board members, uh, rest of the uh, board members, uh, would have uh, surrendered to such a paper. So therefore, we acted, uh, you know, for the benefit of the uh, uh, the public. Therefore, we are entitled to the, uh, to the attorney fees. So think about here. From the beginning, it could have been zero cost to the city if they surrendered from the beginning. And the second of all, it could have been somewhere in the middle, twenty, thirty thousand uh, dollars, if they surrender, uh, if if they just uh, chose to pay us our attorney fees. They refused, and uh, forcing us to go to uh, appellate court. Now appellate court here uh, <coughs> d- uh, ruled in favor of us. Uh, so now they are talking about somewhere near or could be uh, above or below or eighty thousand dollars, and uh, which is to Double be that. determined uh, by uh, uh, by uh, trial court again. So therefore, you can see who has jacked up uh, this kind of uh, unnecessary waste of uh, citizens' uh, you know tax taxes. So this is uh, clearly, you know, waste of. Uh, we had to use uh, our personal attorney in you know, paying our own personal money. Whereas uh, the other side, guys, uh, they had to use uh, city attorneys and great park attorneys, uh, endless uh, pocket, the deep pocket they uh, relied upon. So therefore, I wanna, you know, seek uh, later on, you know, um, it, who should pay this? Why does the taxpayers have to pay? If there's a one person who uh, really insisted, you know, politically speaking, not to have uh, such a you know, right for us to access uh, to the uh, uh, proper documents uh, for us to examine, I think those the people, the rest of the board members, or Mr. Larry Egram personally has to pay the, the rest of the uh, attorney fees. Uh, he has jacked up this much. That's what I feel. What, what do you think about that, Christina? Well, you know, obviously they forced us to put our own money on the line. They believed that, um, you know, they were covering up. It was really a cover-up. It was a cover-up by not just Larry Agron, but people that were involved. They had to have known this was Larry's friend. Um, they could have at least, someone could have stepped up and said, you know what, this process isn't probably moving in the right direction. Uh, what, why don't we do what's right? No one that was on the subcommittee or on the board of directors and did this. And if you could have been at some of our meetings, the way some of these board members talked about us, how they treated us, how they castigated us at board member uh, board meetings for reading statements about how awful we were. I mean, we went through a year and a half of hell. Let me tell you, it was not easy to do this, but it was the right thing to do. And it is not just $80,000, because $80,000 are for the first trial court um, cost, plus probably the, the same amount for the appellate court, just for our attorney. But they also have to pay the city attorneys, um, both attorneys for the city as well, which we could be looking at $160,000 that the city and the Great Park have to pay for this really um, the sham that went on to cover this whole thing up to ma- to get Larry's friend uh, in this position. Consequently, I agree with Stephen Choi. I think that the, the those members that voted for this and continued on and continued on to um, harass us and attack us because um, we were just trying to do what we believe, believe was right. And, of course, the, as we said, the appellate court um, three judges have uh, ruled in our favor. I believe they should step up and pay for this personally, because if we don't stop this, I, I mean, anybody on a board of director can just hide documents and, um, you know, be dishonest. And so I think we set a good precedent. I think the court understood that. In fact, my our attorney stated that if we had not been awarded attorney fees, nobody that sits as a board of director on any board that finds out there's something either illegal or something dishonest going on, they're not going to fight it. They're not going to do anything if the court would not allow attorney fees because many people, like Stephen and I, we're not independently wealthy. We don't have unlimited funds like Larry and and the the board of directors did through the city using taxpayer monies to defend their case. And if I could, I'd just like to read the last statement that a statement that one of the appellate court judges Part of his ruling, if I could, is very short. Yes, please. Um, and, and by the way, before you get into that, too, sure. I will, not only will I post this interview, but if you tell me the link to the appellate court opinion, I'll put that on my blog as well. Okay, so, I think it's right here in one of our letters. Yeah, tell but, me later, but read that for Okay, us, well, the three judges um, noted that given the checkered history of the CEO search 
and the ongoing public criticism of the revolving door of great park executives, the method used for selection of the CEO should be beyond reproach, is what Steve and I also had agreed to, had stated. Plaintiff's request for documents was an act to maintain the integrity of the process itself, a significant benefit to the public, protecting the public's interest. And um, again, I can't think of too many elected officials that sue their own city uh, to make sure that things are being honest. It took a lot of our, a lot of integrity, and I have to pat myself on the back and Stephen for doing this. It was very, very difficult. You hear the, the statement, you can't fight City Hall. Well, even as elected officials, it's really nearly impossible to fight City Hall, but we did it and we prevailed. And I have got to publicly thank our appellate court judges for being able to go through all the minutiae and all the that really some of the awful statements made by our city attorney and Great Park attorney against Stephen and I and really could see through the sham and really understood what we were trying to do. And, and I have to compliment them for, for standing up for justice. I mean, there's times many of us believe justice doesn't prevail anymore. But in this case, it did, and it, and it revived my hope in the system. Two questions, one each, before we go to the break. Dr. Choi, you actually got more votes than Larry Agron this last time sure around. Sure I did. <laughs> how, did that, how did that make you feel? I think uh, people uh, know the facts, uh, what's going on, and uh, money they have spent, uh, $1.3 million uh, against us uh, collectively on the other side, uh, that uh, using all kinds of uh, funds uh, to me irregularly uh, uh, or unethically collected uh, all the money so, uh, from the people who are working on the contract. To me, that's uh, unethical. You know, two measures uh, that were uh, put on uh, Major R and uh, Major uh, yes. S at that time, yes. those were fundraising vehicles because of uh, limitations of $410 uh, that uh, each person can give. Uh, so uh, it'll be very limited. So he wanted to uh, collect uh, tens of thousands of uh, from the contractors. So that's the reason they were able to spend that kind of $1.3 million. I did not add uh, the press already published that, whereas uh, collectively between both of us, uh, you know, somewhere $150,000 so we spent. So about one-tenth of the money we spent. Even then, I beat him. So you can see the public is not fooled. They know what's going on. But it is uh, still amazing how, can, how he can uh, still stay on on, uh, on the urban politics. Uh, next year is a good time for him to step down, and the people need to uh, help us uh, because of uh, all this... Uh, 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 the the, the uh, local uh, uh, unethical uh, and the problems are going on. Who has uh, created these kind of problems? Uh, and like we said, the eighty thousand dollars is not uh, only our our side money, but when you add that up, uh, 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 city attorneys uh, because uh, they are all uh, consulting. You know, uh, city attorneys and the great park attorneys. Uh, by the way, in two attorneys we don't need. Uh, that's again a waste. Combining, you know. That would have been a lot more probably charged than our attorneys uh, has charged. So we are talking about um, in way over $160,000 we are talking about. So therefore, this kind of problems, so who has been causing you know, the, the problems uh, in town and the gossips like this? Like this. Uh, we need some ethical, transparent, uh, uh, the honest government. Uh, so that's the, uh, the, what we are hoping next year, 2010, that uh, we, uh, the citizens can be elected. Uh, and Christina, for you, you've taken a lot of heat, a lot of heat from Larry Agron <laughs> over the last. I mean, you really have taken the baseball oh, bat done, to the head. They've done a job on me for years. How, how did it make you feel when you when you when the appellate court came down with this? Well, of course, I you know I was um, very hopeful that that they would see through you know, the misinformation our city attorney and Great Park attorney was putting forward. They had, a, in my mind, a very weak case. Of course, I was very pleased. You know, it's it's difficult to, to try to stand up for what is right and lose all the time. I mean, it has been that way for me in the last year and a half. It's very difficult, and you lose heart. And I can understand so many people that, um, whether it's in the business sector or the public sector, um, even in families. I mean, sometimes people have, continually will fight for what is right, and when right doesn't seem to overrule wrong, it, it becomes very, um, very troublesome. But it was, it was a real um, encouragement for me, and not just for me, but it was we did the right thing, and, you, and the right thing prevailed, and that's you, what made me feel good. Does it encourage you to kind of stay in the race now and to keep, keep it up? 
Well, it sure does. Yes, I you know I don't know if I'll be running um, for office. I'm termed out um, in another year or so, um, and of course Suki is is the mayor, um, and so you know I who knows what my future may hold. But it certainly does. Whether it's in the private sector or the public sector, I, I'm just. I've never really changed. I, I'll get involved in, in issues that I think are important and that I believe in. And if, they're, um, um, if, if I feel in my heart that I'm in the right position, I stand up no matter what. I've got a lot of tenacity. A lot of people couldn't do what I do. <laughs> and Apparently. I said, my mother tells me that all the time. Get out, get out. I said, no, Mom, don't, don't discourage me. When I believe in something, you know, I'm kind of this Joan of Arc at times. And I'm proud of, that I have the ability to do that. If you're just joining us, this is The O.C. Show with Cameron Jackson right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, always telling the truth about uh, what goes on here in Irvine, uh, especially when it comes to the political scene. Uh, my guest today, of course, Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea and Irvine City Councilman Dr. Stephen Choi. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, going to talk a little bit more about the Great Park, and I've got a couple of little questions for them, and uh, it'll be all good. So uh, we will be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions and views expressed in the OC show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Just remember, folks, there's only one guy out there that's your Superman. And that's Cameron Jackson. All righty, welcome back to the show after the break here. Uh, if you're just joining us and you're in your car, you want to continue listening once you get out of your car, go to KUCI.org, click in the upper right-hand corner, and you will get streaming audio. Also, if you want to check out my blog, you can do so at any time. Go to theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. You can see upcoming shows, past shows, listen to past shows, read my commentary, all that good stuff. Check it out. It's a, it's a good, good blog. Very informative. Um, and uh, just a nice, easy blog to get around on. There's some funny things on there. At least I think there are. We have been talking in studio with Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea and Irvine City Councilman Dr. Stephen Choi. We've been talking about uh, the Great Park, the most recent um, blow-up with the Great Park. Uh, both Christina Shea and Dr. Choi uh, were awarded their attorney's fees for a fight that they had against the Great Park for revealing the uh, 150 candidates for CEO. This is something that happened, uh, started about a year and a half ago and is now coming to fruition. Uh, so they have a nice victory out of that. Um, I will call it a victory because that's what it is. Uh, good prevailing against evil, what we all like to see on this show. Uh, let's continue talking. Um, you know, we have this great park now that Larry Agron has been the, uh, this is his shining star example of, of, of government at work, uh, government getting bigger. And one of the ways that primarily this park has been sold to the public is by saying, look, very few public dollars are going to pay for this park. This is going to be something that is going to be a, a, a public-private uh, collaboration. We're going to have these um, developers that are going to come in, and they're going to foot the majority of the bill for this park. And now, all of a sudden, we have a press release, press release from Larry Agron himself and a State of the Great Park speech on Thursday from Larry Agron, where he's now asking for money, stimulus money, from the federal government to pay for the Great Park. Where are we at with that? Well, you know, obviously we didn't, just to respond to the um, overview yesterday, and there were some very good points that were brought up about what we are doing at the park, but we don't have a copy of his speech before it comes out. So some of the stuff um, is, well, most of it is, is a big surprise. We're in the audience. We're listening to it. I think that if you look back at our promises under Measure W, we made it very clear that we would not be using taxpayer dollars to build the park. Now, it, but to be fair, um, we have hired 
hired as a corporation um, a few different lobbyists to see if they can get not the stimulus money, but other money through the state and through the federal government that could be used for road and infrastructure um, development. Because now that the Great Park is part of the city um, and is in the city, that they, that's reasonable to be using monies to build the roads and the infrastructure. I have no problem with that. But I believe that yesterday in the speech, and I need to go over it one more time, it was pretty clear that we're going way beyond that with his focus, and that is to be um, asking, you know, President Obama to bring in this money to build the park. Um, I, I think there is this debate with many people, especially in Orange County and across the country with Republicans. He's, he's looking at $353 million is mm -hmm. what he's going to ask for. Yeah, well, <laughs> first of all, he may want to do that, but we do have a board of directors that are supposed to be voting on these things and discussing it prior to making public statements. But, but I would say that we made a very clear promise that we would not be using taxpayer monies to develop the park. Again, I have no problem putting in the roads and infrastructure that are part of the road and infrastructure system of the city that makes sense to me um, but again many of us have a problem with the stimulus package I mean I we all believe that perhaps uh, money's needed to be um, spent by the federal government to, to kind of revive this economy uh, but to just go out and say well, give us you know 300 400 million dollars to build the park uh, I don't think we've talked about it I don't know if I would really be comfortable supporting something like that and in fact the cost of um, starting to implement the park because the three council members have voted to create prevailing wage at the park they have now pushed the cost up for um, for wages up to 30 percent which we were against when the first um, uh, steps as we started to incorporate the corporation back in 2004. Now, is, how much has Lennar pulled back from the park at this point? I, I mean, I know that they're in the doldrums. I mean, nobody's selling houses. <laughs> well, nobody's really wanting to build houses in Orange County as in the rest of the United States. I mean, at, at what point, I mean, why is it that we just can't be as a city, why can't we just be prudent and say, look, okay, you know, the Great Park is on hold until the economy kicks yeah, in let again. Me, let me add a few of my thoughts. Yes, uh, Lunar, as you can imagine, uh, as a, uh, a profit-making company, uh, no one can uh, blame them because of uh, down economy. They are not building homes uh, because it's not going to sell. Even if it sells, uh, it'll be very uh, uh, low prices. Uh, they would not um, you know, realize uh, the the profits uh, they were anticipating also they need to make and, and then also uh, when they sell it uh, the uh, the value of the house uh, sold at a certain price uh, will determine that will be uh, uh, the tax base and uh, that's what the city is anticipating that uh, uh, something is called as a, 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 a tax increments uh, tax base uh, will generate uh, our uh, basis uh, to build a uh, uh, park, but uh, since the, uh, the the value from the land alone right now, the, when they build the uh, you know, houses, uh, that will become the tax base. Uh, but um, uh, right now, uh, they are waiting for the right time, and so therefore, we need to um, also prepare and uh, be prudent about the, with the uh, money that the, we have received uh, from the Lunar 201 uh, million dollars uh, uh, three years ago. But uh, I'm so upset, uh, and uh, I don't understand why we uh, uh, keep on uh, spending money uh, for non-related uh, matters, uh, such as uh, balloons. Uh, the balloon, um, uh, <laughs> balloon, you can say part of the uh, uh, part of the uh, uh, the park. Uh, however, weekend entertainments. Are we in the entertainment business uh, or are we in the park building business at this time? Park shall be uh, built first. Uh, if a park, beautiful park is built, the people will come. And then we can program later on. Right now, wilderness, uh, nothing there other than the uh, uh, Balloon Park area. And uh, um, Friday, uh, Thursday on, um, Fridays and Saturdays, uh, Sundays, uh, entertainment, everything free show that is uh, right now going on. You know, that, that is uh, almost $2 million um, now we are spending. You know, for, and uh, think about the, all the staff time, their salaries. Uh, this is the cost alone. We are talking about $2 million uh, we are spending for the programming, entertainment. I mean, the people, uh, uh, the, the citizens may uh, think uh, that is uh, really nice, uh, some, something somewhere to go free of charge. However, as a responsible board member, 
uh, who is uh, responsible building the park. And uh, before the money is uh, depleted, I want to make sure that our infrastructure will be in place um, and the necessary uh, 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 facilities uh, will be planned properly through uh, uh, preliminary uh, or feasibility studies. But uh, rather doing such a construction work, uh, yes, we do have a 36-month plan for about 500 um, uh, acres. Uh, uh, that is one uh, area. However, we are not supposed to waste our money. Just like uh, I shared, we've been wasting money that the empty bus are going around. That there are many, many illustrations that, that can I can go over while we are wasting taxpayers' money in, in the Great Park area. Uh, alone when we speak about the wasteful uh, uh, the activities that is going on. So I'm really concerned. Let me ask both of you this question. Um, if, for instance, let's say that uh, Obama says, yeah, you can have your $350 million. We'll, we'll throw that your way. Christina, would you would you be okay to take that money? I don't think I would be. Um, the thing is that I'm very concerned about where we're going at a federal level, at state level. Obviously, we're at a point of bankruptcy. Yes. Uh, I don't think that we should be, you know, taking almost, you know, uh, well, four hundred million dollars to build the park. Uh, when, in fact, we should be paying down our debt, our federal debt. And we're all going to be in big trouble if we don't. I mean, the inflation rate's going to start going up. I mean, I've been arguing about this for the last four or five years, that, you know, we've got to stop spending. We have to stop spending locally. And we have to stop spending money at the, at the state level and at the federal level. Uh, I believe in certain projects certainly could be considered um, um, increasing, you know, jo the joblessness. But to be asking for $400 million to build a park, um, I, I would love to do it if I thought we were solvent, if things were going great, if, if the economy was in a different position. But I, I think it's uh, irresponsible of us to ask for that, and I, I would probably oppose it. Yeah, let me Dr. add uh, one, 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 one more uh, point uh, to that. Uh, that is uh, uh, already publicly stated that uh, no federal state or local taxpayers' money, tax money uh, will be used in construction. Mm -hmm. Uh, of the uh, great uh, park, of the yes. great park, uh, and uh, suddenly now he's uh, very interested in a federal stimulus of, you know, uh, fund, and uh, without any consultation, just because uh, he's the chairperson, can he break up uh, his promises? Uh, this is an issue of the uh, integrity of the city. Once you promise uh, to the citizens uh, there'll be no tax money will be used, but he specified what kind of a tax money, that is a federal, state, or local, none of the tax money uh, will be used. Now suddenly using, I mean, he's proposing that kind of a, a taxpayers' a tax money. Is that the way uh, that uh, we, we just uh, bait and switch? I, I, I think that is a big issue. So are if you that saying... that is the case, uh, if, uh, if uh, this will uh, surely create uh, uh, the jobs uh, and to stimulate the local economy by bringing in the federal money and the federal is uh, willing to give us, uh, then he at least uh, should have uh, consulted with us. You know what? Uh, you know, we had uh, this kind of promises. Uh, however, now uh, things have changed. And I think we need to uh, uh, go to the public uh, and uh, explain you know, why you know, we are asking for federal stimulus fund. But it's an issue of uh, controlling by himself. Uh, nobody has been controlled. It, it is very interesting. Uh, last Sunday, uh, editorial uh, here, OC registers says, uh, control freaks lose uh, a round. Look at that, that kind of uh, title, control freaks, who's controlling? This is uh, referring to the uh, Great Park. And uh, it's uh, so many... Um, the uh, newspaper media articles I have written, when I read this kind of, sometimes I laugh, you know, uh, this, this one is uh, uh, July 2nd, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Stephen uh, Greenhut uh, uh, wrote an article on the uh, court ruling on the uh, Great Park uh, CEO attorney fee, so here says, uh, Agron and his cronies uh, have a nationwide search for CEOs, you know, Read into that, the cronies and the controls and who's doing all this kind of, uh, you know, uh, nonsense uh, in the city and uh, losing the integrity of the elected officials. People so, like him make up elected officials uh, lose their credibility. So let me ask you this real quick, though, Christina. Would you or would you not vote for stimulus money if it were presented to the city? 
I will not vote for it. We need to keep the promise to the citizens. And, and you know, I, let me just add this. During, again, I referenced that I didn't bring the article, but or the, the background information, and I, I could pull that up. But during Measure W, we made it very clear to the voters who supported Measure W to create a park at the Great Park that we would not use federal, state, or local tax dollars. If, in fact, that is the case, and the chairman of the Great Park Board or the, the members of the board would like to change that position, I believe we... At uh, at the least, we need to go out to the voters and ask them, would you be willing to now uh, uh, follow through with asking for $400 million to build this park since we promised we wouldn't do it? And I'd be more than willing to put this on the ballot and ask the public if they'd be willing to, to rethink their position. But they voted for Measure W based on that promise. All right. Now, let's switch gears here real quick to something that's kind of that's completely off base from the Great Park, um, which I can only take. You know, I really, I can only take so much Great Park, and then i got to turn it off. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, maybe it's because Great Park and Larry Agron start resonating in my mind, and it makes my <laughs> mind turn to mush. But anyway, uh, we've had an ongoing fight now. It's been a couple of years since, um, and I remember talking about this on the air, where the Southern California Association of Governments, said that we are under on the amount of um, low-income housing that we can have. And they're basically saying, uh, we're going to sue you unless you build 35,000 more uh, affordable units by 2014. And the city uh, filed a suit, a countersuit, uh, to basically say, no, we're, you know, that's unfair, that you, you can't impose that on us. Um, first of all, let me say, I'm in full agreement with the city on this one. I don't, you know, my, I used to be a cop. I know what low-income housing means. Low-income housing means more crime. I, mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, you guys don't have to say it. If you want to, you can. Whether you like it or not, low-income housing means more crime. And it means our schools degrade. It means everything gets degraded. Because, believe me, if they want to give a free eye shuttle out, then low-income people means they're going to start giving more free services out to low-income people. And then that means that our tax base is getting degraded here in Irvine. Also, on top of that, I have to say that if people want to pay to live in Irvine, they shouldn't have to live around low-income people. All right? So, you know, maybe I'm a horrible person for that. Where are we at? How are we going to get around this? Uh, can we get around it? Well, th- this is, is very problematic. And, in fact, the, the city council, the entire city council is in agreement with um, the position that we went into um, we uh, went uh, into a lawsuit with other cities to um, go to the trial court. We lost there. Went to the appellate court. We lost there because they do not believe their statement to us was that this is something not within their jurisdiction. I mean, the law is very clear that SCAG has the right to make this determination, and they have... Um, disproportionately said that the city of Irvine needs to have 34,000 affordable units. Well, if you could imagine what our city would look like, our streets, we couldn't move down the streets. I mean, you couldn't drive down the streets. It would be unbelievable. Um, so, so you're uh, talking just from an environmental oh, uh, sure. impact yeah, standpoint, imp- exactly. just adding in 34,000 yeah. more people, or families, rather. Right, and, t- and the, the appeal has to go back to SCAG, and they deny it. So it's really, the process is terrible, and I believe that we're probably going to be talking about moving forward to the state Supreme Court to see if they can help settle this because it just is is totally wrong and unfair. Well, and I don't understand how is it that this Southern California Association of Governments, it doesn't even, it sounds more like a business than a government entity. How come they have any right to say and to dictate well, to us? Honestly, the federal government originates this, the organizations to, to mandate housing and to mandate um, development in a sense, on a regional basis, and that's what this is about. So they do have the right through the state and also through the federal government um, to do this. So, but I think that that the individuals that are serving on these boards um, are certainly not looking at this in a very fair way. And um, based on that, the law really does need to be changed. I, I know the city is looking um, with several of our hired lobbyists to try to find a way through at the federal level or at the state level to try to make some, you know, um, changes to the law that will stop this, you know, inappropriate um, designation of housing in our community. So essentially, we're being affected by laws that may have been written, what, back in the 50s and 60s for segregation reasons and whatnot? You know, I'm not really sure when it began, but it's re- it was really simply designated to create, to make sure that there was a fair balance of housing and it was regionally planned, that communities were regionally planned. 
planned. Um, so I, I think it was a little more pure than that. But it, but then when you have people involved that are uh, have their own motivations and their own concepts of what this organization should be about, um, clearly it's just not working. And, and, it needs and, to change. And, and real quick too, maybe Dr. Choi, you can you can address this. What recourse do they have against us? Can they even do anything to us? Yeah, a number of things uh, that we are concerned about. Uh, uh, as you already know, uh, that uh, state is uh, uh, mandating uh, any new development. Each city uh, uh, shall do a minimum 15% uh, or redevelopment area, uh, something like 20 or 25%, how much is it, 25% of uh, uh, the uh, housing stocks will have to be affordable uh, homes. And uh, Irvine has been very, very uh, aggressively pursuing and then all the new uh, developments. Uh, minimum of uh, 15% shall be affordable housing. I'm all for that. Uh, I know in Irvine area, housing uh, market is just uh, skyrocketed and an average person, even if they want to move into, they have uh, not much choice. So therefore, uh, we've been very cooperative and uh, working very, very hard uh, to make sure that at least uh, 15 to 25% of uh, stocks uh, by um, uh, 2025 at uh, the built-out uh, will have at least a minimum of uh, uh, 10,000 units uh, will be affordable housing. Uh, to do to achieve that, uh, we also created uh, Irvine uh, uh, Irvine I'm sorry. Uh, land, land, um, oh, the land trust? Land trust mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, we can uh, permanently assure that 10% uh, of our Irvine uh, housing stock uh, will stay as uh, affordable housing. So there's no, no question uh, at all that uh, how much elected officials we try to maintain and, and provide affordable you know, uh, housing units. Uh, and then uh, here... Even though Mr. Uh, Larry Egram for m many, many times, uh, I call him as a social uh, uh, engineer, that uh, he is uh, very um, fond of uh, and uh, supporting uh, affordable housing. But on this particular issue, he is uh, very uh, uh, concerned about that. Let me give you some statistical perspective. Uh, right now, in Irvine, we have uh, slightly over uh, 62,000 parcels. So one parcel may contain several apartment you know, 100 units, etc. So uh, there could be, you know, 80,000 or 90,000 uh, uh, households in there. On top of that, uh, now we already have about 4,000, almost 5,000 uh, uh, low affordable housing and uh, roughly 35,000 additional housing units are uh, being uh, required by SCAG, uh, when you do that, that, that is uh, putting in Irvine over 40% of uh, entire Irvine housing stock will be affordable homes. This means uh, right now uh, uh, the, the spread of uh, the uh, allocation to the cities uh, uh, by the SCAG, uh, SCAG, how many units are to be built. Uh, you know, we've been uh, allocated by percentage, uh, I believe, uh, over 40% uh, to Irvine of the entire Orange County affordable housing, uh, 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 the, the desired numbers. So this is uh, what we call as uh, unfair, unrealistic. Even if uh, we uh, embrace uh, their recommendation, uh, that means uh, any new future uh, the housing in Irvine will have to be affordable homes. Right, and that's is that, that what that, we want? No, absolutely, that's unacceptable. And you, it's you have, and you have to agenda going on right. there, and obviously they want to have everybody in you know in Orange County moving to Irvine, and we have to provide thirty-four thousand homes. Right, and they can't that, do it to any other cities because they're already built out. Because we have out. a land mass. Right, right, exactly. So that is unfair. If you are against that, you need to contact uh, Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea. Uh, lend her your support, and as well, Irvine City Council. Dr. Stephen Choi. We're on our last minute here, so we have to we have to move right along. Coming up next on the uh, KUCI programming is uh, Disco for Your Health with Jeremy. Um, I want to thank you, Christina Shea, for coming in today. It was wonderful to see you again. Thank you for talking about everything. I will post the show on my website. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. It was a, a great opportunity to share with the community what 
a success story. Uh, that, that, that's great. Uh, one hour has gone already. I, I have a couple more hours uh, of items that, that we uh, well, are you know, to talk about. We'll have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to do it at a city council meeting. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you again. My guests today, uh, Christina Shea and Dr. Stephen Choi from the Irvine City Council. Uh, always a pleasure to have them here in studio. Uh, coming up next, Disco for Your Health with Jeremy right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I will see you all next week, 5 to 6 every Friday right here on KUCI. Bye-bye.